John Ortbrook writes about this woman. Once she passed away, her husband was clearing the attic, and uh, he comes across a, a box of old blue dishes. And so he said to his daughter, you can have them. And she expected some old dinner set of something, but it was actually exquisite chinaware, hand-painted, gold rims, irreplaceable. And yet in 20 years, none of the children have ever seen the set. It's amazing. So she was given the set over a period of years. The family was not wealthy, and this was exquisite chinaware. It was really valuable. And so she valued each item so much that she would wrap them up in tissue paper, put them in a box in the attic, and make sure they never got broken. They're so valuable. And then she was going to bring them out for a major special event. But no occasion that special ever happened. And so this lady went to the grave with the greatest gift of her life, unopened and unused. We've all been given gifts by God. So that's what these are representatives of the gifts that God has placed in your life. And the truth is you have more than one gift. And the gifts that God wants to use and the, the challenges do not go to the grave with any of your gifts, of which there are many, unopened and unused. Because the whole purpose of your life on this planet is to discover the gifts that God has given you, to open them up, develop them, and use them for His glory. That's the goal of life. That's the reason that you are on the planet to serve Him. So it's really important that we understand this principle. So Ephesians 4 and verse 8, if you just want to turn there with me for a moment, it just makes it very clear because some people just think, well, I don't know about, I don't feel very gifted. Well, 4 verse 8 says, therefore he says, when he ascended on high, he led captivity captive. He gave gifts to men. And obviously that includes women. So he gave every person in this room, every single person, as you listen on television, anywhere around the world, God has given you gifts, and not just one. He's given, he gives gifts unto men. And then there's another verse in Romans 12, verse 6, which says, Having then gifts, differing according to the grace that is given to us. What are the next three words? Let, four words. Let us use them. Would you say that to begin with me? Let us use them. The reason you're given gifts is to use them for God's purpose and for God's glory. This message today that I'm sharing with you is based on an encounter with God that I had a few months ago. I was flying out of Heathrow Airport in London en route to Doha, and the Spirit of God came on me pretty much as we were taking off on the flight. And sometimes that's what happens. Often it's when we're taking off that this will happen to me. I wish it would happen a lot more, but this time it, it did happen. And the presence of God was with me, and it, it was, what surprised me is it lasted for about an hour. Now, that's quite a long time to have what I would call something of a visitation of God. And God began to speak to me really clearly about what I'm sharing with you today. And I, I sense the enormous importance of using the gifts that God gives us. And it's, I felt like God was saying, Tart, they must be used. And like it must, like in, in almost bold, black, capital letters, Tart, these must be used. And I was almost, I was feeling the weight of this. And I was saying, okay, God, I'm, I, I, I'm, I'm hearing you. I didn't realize it was that important. And then the Holy Spirit allowed me to feel the heart of God 
which happens to me every so often about different things. And it's a, it's a wonderful thing to feel the heart of God. It's not always a nice thing. But what I began to feel was the Holy Spirit began to say to me that when we do not use our gifts that God has given us, that God is grieved. And I thought, like, what? Like, God, why? I just couldn't put my head around, well, God, why would you be grieved? Like, I sort of think some people don't use their gifts, and I think, oh, well, that's pretty bad, but I'm not going to go and cry about it. But God is grieved. And I was trying to think, why, God, are you grieved? I tell you, one reason God is grieved is that he gives you gifts that you might use them to bless people with. And so when you don't use your gift, there are people that you uniquely can bless that are not going to be blessed, and that grieves the heart of God because he loves those people so much. And so this sense of, of God's grieving really began to stir in my heart, and uh, you know it was, it was quite hard to understand but I began to sense it. And as this encounter with God continued, then God turned it on me. I was quite happy him turning it on everyone else. But he turned it on me. And he started to say to me, well, Tark, can we talk about this for a moment? Are you fully developing all the gifts I've given you to the maximum potential? That got me. And I thought, gosh, I've probably been a little bit slack at times in some areas in terms of developing the gift. And so since that time, I've made some changes in my life to say, God, hey, thank you for the gifts. I really want to put my best foot forward and develop it to the maximum potential. That's the issue here. Not just one, you've got to use them, but two, then develop them to the max, not just you know, sort of develop them to 70% or 80%, but to go all the way with God. 1 Peter 4 verse 10 puts it this way, as each one has received a gift, minister it to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. So can you see again here that the gifts are given to minister to other people? And God wants us to Develop a church here with a culture of serving, where everyone serves. And you know the reason we want that one? We've got more and more campuses coming, so we need more people to serve. But also it says in Matthew 20, 28, the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve. He came to serve. Servants are the greatest in the kingdom of God. A serving church is the greatest in the kingdom of God. It's not just the size of the church, but it's the heart of serving. And so God wants all of us to be, ser to be servants for him. Imagine, you know, we had some great music today and special item as well. I just want you to think for a moment. Imagine some of those who sang or played today. Imagine them not using that gift. I mean, people were blessed by that. We were ministered to. But why would anyone with a gift in that area, or in any area, but we're picking on music here because we've seen it demo, why would they not use that gift to minister to people and to, you know, for the glory of God? Why, why would you not do that? It's hard to imagine, isn't it? Like, and I think some people say, you know, like, God, you know, thank you for this brilliant um, singing gift that you've given me, but uh, nah, sorry. <laughs> 
I've got other things to do. I'm not going to use it. Like, what? <laughs> you kidding me? I trust no one here is going to be like that, so I'm going to pick it up and put it back because we're all going to use our gifts. But I, seriously, I felt the weight of this message. I felt the weight of this message from God for, for you and for me and for all of us uh, because I think that's how we can develop and uh, grow, you know, expand the kingdom of God. Also, remember that every gift is chosen by God. God chooses your gift, all right? You know, you might want the red one, you know, but God gives you this one here. And you say, but God, I want this one. Sometimes we torture ourselves wanting another gift. There's no point. You, the gift you've got is that's what God knows best what gift you should have. So be satisfied, be content with the gift that you have. But talking about gifts, I was down in Taupo just recently uh, speaking, and uh, on a Friday night we had a meeting there, and it was only just over 100 people. 12 people made decisions for Christ. It was just amazing. God said, hey, Tark, watch this. And it was just awesome. But the amazing thing happened is I noticed that a couple of girls that were on the platform, obviously they had fallen over coming to the service because their jeans were ripped right across their knees. <laughs> And I, mean, I just felt so bad for them. I said, I, I addressed it and I said, look, we need to take up some offering here. And we, we need a gift because I think that, those jeans could fall off completely for all we know. And I mean, I was just so, I thought, oh my God, God I can't look. I can't, this is so bad. I wanted to, but no one else seemed, they just laughed like you lot. No one else, I was the only one who cared. <laughs> Louis L'Amour one of the best-selling authors of all time, wrote more than 100 books, sold 230 million copies. They asked him what was the key to his writing style. You know what he said? He said, start writing. <laughs> Open it up and start using it. Because he said, no matter how you feel, no matter whether you want to or not, he said, start writing because the water does not flow until the faucet is turned on. See, the water of the Spirit in your life is not going to flow until you get that gift out and you start using it, and then you're going to find that the Spirit of God will start coming on your gift, and you're going to start seeing the blessing of God flow in and through your life. It is an amazing thing. And the other thing you're going to discover is when you open up one of your gifts, let's, let's grab this one. Let's say that you've decided, I hope I can get this one open here. Some of these are pretty tightly knotted. You know, sometimes it is actually hard to get your gift out, especially if you haven't been using it for a while. But hey, we've managed to do this, and you open it up, and then you get this whole thing out. One of the things you're going to start to discover as you get into it, look, nice red box, and you look inside, you're going to find that, wow, actually, it's amazing. Wow. <laughs> My goodness. I, I'd only wanted empty boxes for an example, but they obviously knew it was my birthday. Gosh, this is $5,000 towards Chapati restaurant for chicken curry. $5,000? Man, I, I'm going to open this gift. I'm going to use it, I'll tell you, every day. But what happens when you open up the gift and start using it, you're going to find that there's more gifts in there. You're going to find you've got other gifts that start to be used and start to be developed. But the first thing you've got to do is you've got to turn the tap on. You've got to start 
using what God has placed in your hands, and then watch what God does. You see, I turned the tap on many, many years ago. For me, after I'd been saved, I'd go and teach these kids out in Otara. So I'd travel from home, this is true, 40 minutes to this place, get there early, and then teach this class of six kids, and then drive 40 minutes into church. And, and just because that's, that's where I, I turned the tap on. There was a bit of a mistake because after a few weeks, there weren't any kids left in the, in the class. They didn't like my teaching. So I had to go and knock on their doors, get them out of bed. And they said, but we don't want to come to your class. I said, you are coming to my class. And I just got their parents to approve it. And so they all came along to the class. And, and it, so it wasn't very good. But I turned the tap on, folks. And the water of the Spirit began to flow in my life. And then God opened another door. And I discovered there were more gifts there. And there were more gifts there. And I you know, got opportunity to do this and the other thing. But I had to start, so I had to turn the tap on somewhere. You know, some people, they, they say, I'm not going to serve unless I get the biggest gift. Pastor, I'm, I'm ready. Tell me, tell me when, I, when it's my turn to preach. And just let me know. I'll, I'll be waiting out the back there. I'm not going to do anything in the meantime, but just get, because I, I want the best gifts. I could have taken that opportunity, friends. I would not be preaching today. I had to start at the bottom. I had to start, well, not at the bottom, really. That's the wrong way of putting it. But I had to start where I had opportunity. You know, we want to take the elevator to the top, and God says, no, use the stairs. You walk one step at a time. You start serving. Where do you serve? You serve wherever they will let you serve. It doesn't matter what it is. It doesn't matter if it's, a, if it's cleaning the toilets. Just start. Often, honestly, a lot of people, that's where it began for them. Because God looks at the heart. A heart that's willing to serve. It doesn't have to have the big, big, biggest gift or the best gift. Guess who benefits the most from using the gifts? The giver. The giver, which is God, and then you, the one who uses the gift. You get mightily blessed by it. The challenge that I'm sharing with you today is do not go to the grave with your gifts unopened and unused, for that would be a tragedy. A tragedy, folks. I know it's not an easy message in some ways, but it's a message that you'll be glad you heard it now than when it was too late. You know Hear it today, apply it, and see what God will do. So with our gifts, we can respond in one or two ways. First, we can say, oh, well, it's really risky to use this gift. It may not go well, may not be appreciated. I think I'll just leave it in the box. The other option is if you don't open the box, you actually thwart the giver. The giver is, is disappointed if you don't take it out. Imagine if, if you know, someone went to all this trouble, went out shopping, spent a whole lot of money, and, and you know, just they love you, maybe one of your kids, and you say, look, honey, here's, here's a gift for you, you know, just love you, here's a gift. Imagine if they just said, oh, thanks very much, and never opened it. And you sort of wait, and then you come back a week later, and it's kind of just sitting on the, ki- the sink, k- kitchen bench or somewhere, it's just never been opened. They just couldn't be bothered to open it. And you went to all that trouble, spent all that money, how would you feel? Grieved? Grieved? Come on. That's exactly what we're talking about is we feel grieved when we don't use the gifts that God has actually placed in our hands. So let's make sure we open them up. So when you use your gifts, you get out. You know, Peter stepped out of the boat. And sometimes you've got to step out of the boat and get going and get started. You might think, oh, man, it may go all wrong. But when he got out of the boat, guess what happened? He walked on water. 
And when you start using your gifts sooner or later, you're going to find you can walk on water. You can minister and bless people like you never thought you could possibly do. But that's what happens when you start getting out. I, I think Church Unlimited, using the gifts God's given us, we are walking on water. We're doing things we never dreamed we would do. Why we just do one step at a time and God does amazing things in and through us? Peter, you've heard of being a couch potato, haven't you? Peter didn't want to be a boat potato. <laughs> Unwilling to get out, he had to take a risk. And it, it can, it is a risk. It takes time. It can take sacrifice. It can involve embarrassment. But there's also a cost of not getting out of the boat. There is a cost of not opening your gifts and using them. And you know what the cost is? Growth. You see, we grow when we use our gifts. We grow when we develop the gifts. I've grown as I've used the gifts that God has placed in my life. That's the only way it happens. When we, and everyone loves growth, don't we? We love it when kids grow. We love it when a business grows. We love it when a church grows. We love it when the garden grows. We love growth, and we grow as people. We become the person God put us on the planet to be, using the gifts that God has placed within our hearts and within our, our lives. It's really sad when a marriage once booming or blooming is now plateaued. The affections have called to take each other for granted, or a middle-aged couple that once fired up to serve God now spend the evenings in front of the TV. Dreams sacrificed on a lazy boy. Gifts no longer used. That's a tragedy. But Romans eleven twenty nine 29 gives us hope. Gifts and callings of God are irrevocable. The gifts are still there. Even if you haven't used your gift for 5, 10, or 20, the gifts are still there. It's never too late to get the box out and open up your gift and start using them. God does not take them away from you. God is not an Indian giver. He gives and takes away. I'm not an Indian giver. I've been saved and set free, but there are some other Indians that are still Indian givers, probably one sitting right next to you. All right, God is not like that. <laughs> All right, the gifts are still there. It's never too late. I don't care how old you are, how young you are, you can start today. Get that gift out and start doing something for God because I believe, friends, we need to use our gifts to the last breath, to the moment we cross over to eternity. We're going to serve God. We're going to serve them with fire. We're going to serve them with passion. We're going to serve them with zeal because a lot of people are going to hit a home run on the last round, on the last lap. Some people are going to hit the ball out of the park in that final serve that they give for God. They're going to do something amazing for Him. Friends, you just never know what God can do through you. You might think my time has almost passed. Hey, never mind. Get the gift out and see what God will do. He's got great plans for your life, and he will help you once you get that gift out. Can I encourage you to make that decision to do it today? Don't wait any longer. Let's go to Matthew in chapter 25. Are you okay out there? You're all right, okay. I know you like the jokes, but <laughs> Matthew 25, 14 to 21. For the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling from a far, to a far country who called his own servants and delivered his goods to them. That's the gifts, all right? To one he gave five talents, another two, another one, to each one according to his own ability, and immediately he went on a journey. Then he would receive five talents, went and traded them, and made five more, another five talents. Likewise, he received two talents, gained two more. Now watch it, number eight, verse 18. But he who received one talent, probably thought he didn't have much, went and dug it in, in the ground and hid his Lord's money. After a long time, the Lord of those servants came and settled accounts with them. So he received five talents, came and brought five other talents, saying, Lord, 
He delivered me five talents. Look, I have gained five more talents besides these. His Lord said, well done, good and faithful servant. Faithful of a few things. Here's the bit, I'll make you ruler of many things. See, when you're faithful with the gifts God has given you, he gives you more. Enter into the joy of the Lord. Let's go to verse 24. Then he who had received the one talent. We'll make it, let's get the smallest one here. The one talent. Came and said, Lord, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered. See, I was afraid and went and hid your talent in the ground. Look, here's, there you have what is yours. Now, I'm going to read to you verse 26. And I would never say it, but I'm going to read it because of the words of Jesus, all right? It's not what I'm saying. This is what Jesus says to the one talent servant, the person who buried his gift and did not use it. He says this. It's terrifying. The Lord answered and said to him, you wicked and lazy servant. When I read those words, I go, my goodness. God is that? See, God didn't say, look, servant, I understand. You know, you, you've got a very busy lifestyle. You, you, you're not, not that well. You're tired. Your kids are a problem. You know, there's, you've got a heavy mortgage. There's demands on your, on your finances. And, you know, you're worn out running this way, that way, and the other way. And, and you, know, you know, you've got a low self-esteem. And, you know, all, all, you've got a terrible background. You've been, he never said, I understand. Did he? Wow. Oh, I don't like the other people in the team. Or I don't like the pastor. <laughs> so I'm not serving. God didn't say I understand. I'm not going to say it again. It's, the words are just too strong of what he said. But I think you get the point of what's going on here. You see, today five talents are worth millions of dollars. Millions. So our, our gifts that God gives us are, are immensely valuable. Like they're, not, they're, they're, they're of a huge value. And it's almost like, if you were given a million dollars, who would just go and bury it under your bed and then die with it there? Would anyone here do that? Is anyone, is anyone actually doing that right now? You got five, let us know, please. You've got five million dollars. We want to know. We can do stuff with it. But you'd say, look, that, that's insanity. No one would get five million dollars, bury it in their bed, and take it to the grave. We'd say, you idiot. You clown. What's wrong with you? That's exactly the point. That's exactly the point. God gives us these immense gifts. You say, but mine's just a small gift. That's a mistake. No gift is small. What you're then saying is, God, you're small and you're giving me a bad deal. No, no, no. You're made in the image of God. Your gifts are priceless. Your gifts can bless multitudes and masses of people if you'll take them out of the box and start to use them. So no one in their right mind, really, if you think it through, would not use the gifts that God has placed in their lives. And that's, I guess, really the challenge. The two of the servants, they went and, went and used, it, used what, um, what God had given them. And the third servant, he, he lost or left or ignored the opportunity of his lifetime. And it didn't happen for him. Sitting here today on television, I know there are people with exceptional, incredible, amazing gifts. And I believe they're about to be opened. 
I believe because I believe the Spirit of God in Haggai 114 is stirring up the hearts of people. He stirred up the spirit of Zerubbabel, the spirit of the people, and they came and worked on the house of the Lord. And I believe that God right now is beginning to stir up the hearts of people, people like yourself. And right now, you're going to start opening up that gift. You say, okay, God, I've heard your word. I've heard your word, God. I've known I've buried it for a long, long time, but I am going to get out that gift that you've given me, that you gave your life for, and you gave that gift to me. God, I'm not going to leave it sitting on a bench any longer. I'm getting out my gift. I'm opening the box. And God, from this day on, I am going to serve you with passion and fire and fervor. And I'm going to see the kingdom of God advance like it has never advanced before. God, I have heard you loud and clear. I will not bury my gift in the ground and think it doesn't matter because I know it does matter to you because we then come to verse 19 after a long time. And that's part of the problem, isn't it? The Lord of those servants came and settled accounts with them. He came, the Lord comes back. It's clearer in 2 Corinthians 5 verse 10. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one may receive the things done in the body according to what he has done, whether good or bad. Folks, we will all stand before the master on that judgment day, and none of us can avoid it. And he's going to say, what did you do with the gifts I gave you? What did you do with them? It's going to be a sobering moment, folks. I mean, I feel it now as I preach. I feel it. I feel it. It's going to be sobering. I'm thinking of myself, let alone you guys. What did you do? And we'll give an account. And God will assess us and he'll judge us. You see, I reckon the one with the ones talent forgot to reckon on the fact that God was coming back the master was going to come back and he'd have to give an account I think he, he forgot that or he didn't put it into his configuration he just said oh well I can't be bothered serving you know you know the church keeps at me but I, I'm not going to do it I don't care he, he forgot that it wasn't an issue of serving a church it wasn't an issue of serving a man or being accountable to man this was an issue of serving God yeah and being accountable to him. That's what it's all about, friends, at the end of the day. And I think sometimes we misunderstand that. We think, oh, well, I'm not going to. We think in terms of serving man or just serving a church. It's far, far bigger than that. So why don't some people use their gifts? I, I think one of the reasons sometimes can just be comparison. We compare our gifts with other people, and we think, oh, well, mine's not as good as, so I'm not going to use it. Friends, it's not an issue of comparison. Whatever it is that God has given us, we need to do it and use it. So think about this. What could you do for God if you fully used your gifts? What, what, what would you do if you, you took these three boxes of gifts, God, if you opened them up and said, okay, God, they're all yours. From today onwards, God, they're, they're all yours. I'll use them in any way I possibly can. What would you be able to do? What would a church be able to do if we all opened up the gifts that God has placed in our hearts and in our lives? You know, he calls him a, a wicked and lazy servant. And, you know, laziness stops people using and developing their gifts. And the interesting thing is, I think there's a bit of the third servant in all of us. Huh? 
So let's not just judge everyone else and say, oh, look at him. No, no, no. no. When I had that encounter with God, at the end of the day, God turned it on me. And there was an element of the third servant in me, areas in which I was being lazy and not fully developing the gift I'd given. So it was a wake-up call for me. And as I said, I've made some changes. So, you know, it's, it's, we all have those moments, but we've got to try and overcome those moments and be all that God has called us to be. But what could we do? What could, we, could you do if you used all the gifts that God has given you? You see, the master wasn't mad because he had done things wrong. The master wasn't mad because the guy had sinned. And he, 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 there was nothing he had done wrong. The issue was he hadn't used his talents. And sometimes we can think, as long as I'm a good Christian, <laughs> I attend church, I worship, maybe I give as well, then all is okay. I'm in church every Sunday. God, what more do you want? God, I, I faithfully give. I lift my hands and worship. Friends, God says that's not enough. <laughs> he says, no, no, hold on a minute. Thank you for all of that, but I'll, actually I've also given you some of these. And when I come back, I just want, to not want you to not want to know how you use them and how you develop them. <clears throat> Imagine hearing those words that that last servant heard. Well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into the Lord, joy of the Lord. So you've been faithful with a few things. I'll make you ruler over many things. God, you know what happens when you use your gifts? God gives you more gifts. Yeah. Isn't it amazing? I'm finding I've got gifts I never knew I had. And as I each use one more gift, another God gives me another gift. Then I faithfully use that gift. I'm finding there's other gifts as well there. And it's just an extraordinary thing. You, you know, you might be sitting there thinking, well, I know I've got this gift. But if you would start using that, you're going to find there are more gifts there. Because faithfulness is rewarded with greater responsibility. And then, of course, you know, we get to heaven. And uh, when you're in heaven, what happens then? Well, you don't sit on clouds and sing for billions of years. That's not the way it is, all right? Verse 21 says, you're faithful of a few things. I'll make you in charge of many things. Once we get to heaven, we get on with the real job. We get on with our real work. See, life on earth is really something like, well, I don't think it's, you couldn't call it a practice run, but what we do on earth is no comparison to the work that God has for us in heaven. It is work that is beyond our imagination, but it depends a lot on how well we've used the gifts that we've been given today because God says you'll faithfully use the gifts I gave you. I'm going to make you ruler over many things. So our eternity hangs on what we do with our gifts. It's not just a matter of what happens in this life. It then translates into the next life and the responsibilities that we have. What gifts has God given you to invest in his kingdom my message is pretty simple. I think it's a message from God. Yeah. Don't bury them. Yeah. Don't leave them on the shelf for one more day. Yeah. Get your gift and begin to open them up. Get them out. And just as you start to use them, you will be amazed at what you're going to discover is inside these gifts. As I do this, I want you to think of yourself. Okay, God, I'm hearing this message. I'm opening up my gifts. I'm opening the box, and God, I'm going to begin to use them from this day. Let's not procrastinate. Let's not wait for a better time. There is no better time to serve God than today. Life often comes down to making a decision, and I'm encouraging you to make a decision today.
Investing all you have in the kingdom of God, using your gifts is the greatest opportunity you will ever know. What single step could you take today to fulfill your God-given potential, to use the gifts that he has placed in you? And I believe you will be amazed at what God will do through your life. Amen.